The aim is to generate weariness and confusion among the public in the spirit of, well, it's all very difficult, it's impossible to know what's really true, and to give supporters and conspiracy theorists something to cling to. Hi there, this is Lee Turner, also formerly known sometimes as Robert Pym. Thanks very much for downloading this edition of Writing Books and Stories. I hope you enjoy the show. Today we're going to talk about Russian official statements in the context of the war in Ukraine. Now, it's worth bearing in mind that Russian official statements about Ukraine, or indeed under the present regime, about anything, obey key rules. First of all, never admit to anything. Second, lying to mislead your enemy or your own people is entirely legitimate. So you should view Russian official statements about what's happening in Ukraine with caution. The first reason to be especially sceptical about Moscow's denials, for example, of killings in Bucha outside Kiev, is the KGB mantra, never confess. Soviet agent Kim Philby, he was a Brit who was spying from inside MI6, or the Secret Intelligence Service, the British Intelligence Service, for Moscow. Soviet agent Kim Philby set out the doctrine in 1981, when he delivered a lecture to the Stasi, the East German State Security Service. In my blog that accompanies this podcast, you can watch Philby delivering his lecture. Philby concludes his talk with one piece of advice that had served him particularly well. This was, never confess. Philby, and I quote, If they confront you, with a document with your own handwriting, then it's a forgery. Just deny everything. They interrogated me to break my nerve and force me to confess. And all I had to do really was keep my nerve. So my advice to you is to tell all your agents that they are never to confess. Unquotes. This advice given to spies by Kim Philby in 1981, is now applied daily by the Russian government. Sadly for the Russian people who never wanted the war against Ukraine, and for the Ukrainian people who are dying and suffering in such huge numbers, the Kremlin will keep denying everything in 2022 until there's no alternative. The second reason to be especially sceptical about Russian statements is the concept of maskirovka, defined as military deception. It basically means that it's fully okay to mislead your enemy about what you're doing. You can read an exhaustive description of this technique with examples on Wikipedia. There's a link in the blog. If you're in a war, why do or say anything that makes life easier for your opponent? Maskirovka was famously used in the invasion of Crimea in 2014. Russian official statements repeatedly denied 
that any Russian troops were involved in the occupation of the peninsula. Now, in 2022, Putin has repeatedly denied, first that Russia would invade Ukraine, before they did so. Now, incredibly, he denies that there is an invasion or a war. It's simply a military operation. In addition to seeking to deceive your enemies, Russian propaganda seeks to portray to audiences inside Russia its own version of events, and to prevent them from accessing alternative narratives. The goal is to build support for actions of the Russian leadership that actually harm the Russian people. This kind of propaganda has a long history in the former Soviet Union. If you look on my rleeturner.com website, you'll find a blog called The Zhivago Affair, How Censorship Worked in Soviet Russia and Works Now Here. The leadership of the Soviet Union sought to justify the fact of misleading their people. They argued that it was essential to build communism and that people who opposed this goal were simply wrong. The Russian leadership today argues that they're building a greater Russia or, absurdly, defending Russian speakers in Ukraine, even more absurdly, from Nazism, while they, meanwhile, raise cities to the ground across eastern Ukraine. For more on the real causes of the war, do listen to my Russia-Ukraine War Explainer podcast on this site. Now, many of you will probably be thinking, surely Western leaders lie just as much. Surely they're just as bad. What about the invasion of Iraq or atrocities committed under colonialism or countless other examples of people saying what they did or didn't do? And indeed, what they call whataboutism is a standard response of Russian leaders to any accusation of wrongdoing, including during the war of 2022. There are indeed countless examples of Western leaders lying, including trying to hush up atrocities committed by their own countries. The difference is one of consistency and scale. In most Western countries, if a leader lies, that leader will come under pressure from the opposition and even from members of his or her own party, to resign. Voters will have a chance to punish them at the next election. In Russia, unfortunately, in the past two decades, the government has crushed, jailed, or even killed the opposition and pummeled media outlets into submission. As early as 2008, in St. Petersburg, I remember being chilled when I went to buy a copy of Izvestia, at the metro station. This was a newspaper which, during my time from 1992 to 1995, had been a useful source of news, and finding it contained only the official line. Now, obviously, no nation or people is more mendacious than any other. I'm talking here only about politicians and official statements. Three tragic shooting-down events of civil airliners illustrate how Russian officialdom approaches truth and non-truth. The first was in 1988, when the USS Vincennes, a US warship, shot down Iran Air Flight 655, Q-1. 
killing 290 people on board a civilian airliner. Disputes persist over why the incident happened. But the United States did not deny shooting down the plane. And in fact, they paid compensation to Iran in 1996. Many years later, in 2019... Iran shot down Ukrainian Airlines Flight 752, killing all 176 occupants. Within days, the Iranian government admitted that they'd shot down the aircraft by accident, and they apologised. In 2014, a Russian book surface-to-air missile shot down MH17, a Malaysian plane from Schiphol, carrying 283 mostly Dutch passengers and 15 crew over Russia-occupied eastern Ukraine. A painstaking Dutch official investigation found Russia responsible. Yet, despite overwhelming evidence, the Kremlin continues to deny any role whatsoever in the destruction of MH17. Actually, MH17 is an example of another technique deployed by the Kremlin for masking the truth. This is that of constantly floating alternative theories about what might have happened. In 2014, Russia started off by alleging that a Ukrainian fighter jet had shot down MH17. This wasn't true, it was easily disproved. Then they said that a Ukrainian book missile could have been responsible, also not true. Then they said that the path of MH17 had been deliberately shifted into a war zone. Also not true. And they floated many other mutually contradictory theories. There's a link to a huge article about this on the blog that accompanies this podcast. All these fake theories are accompanied by claims that the true facts are part of an information campaign against Russia by dark forces. The aim is to generate weariness and confusion among the public in the spirit of, well, it's all very difficult, it's impossible to know what's really true, and to give supporters and conspiracy theorists something to cling to. The Kremlin is doing the same in Ukraine in 2022, for example by claiming that atrocities uncovered in areas vacated by the retreating Russian forces were committed by the Ukrainians themselves, or by somebody else, or was simply made up. So, in summary, it's difficult to know what is really happening anywhere in the world that you're not physically present yourself, more than ever in a war zone. You should always analyse what your own side is telling you critically. Your own views will influence what you believe. But when you listen to Russian official statements, bear in mind Kim Philby, Maskirovka, and MH17. This blog is usually about writing uh, books, including my own books and stories. So do have a look around and do have a listen to my podcasts. But because of the gratuitous and awful nature of the Russia-Ukraine war, and the fact I've served as a diplomat in both Moscow and Kiev, I have done several podcasts on this subject to do with Russia and Ukraine. So do have a look on this site for other blogs, including my Russia-Ukraine War Explainer as a podcast, 
uh, my podcast about reverse conspiracy theories and Ukraine. And last but not least, so far, my podcast about Ukrainian horilka, the best vodka in the world. I hope you enjoyed that edition of writing books and stories. If you'd like to keep up with these podcasts, do subscribe, then you'll get alerted every time there's a new one. Finally, if you want to know all about my writing and thoughts on life, do take a look at rleeturner.com. That's my regular blog, full of posts, hundreds of posts on all kinds of things. So do check it out and subscribe to that too, if you like. Thanks again for listening.